Praise God. It's a good day, right? Even with the uh, weather, can we say that? <laughs> I was telling Greg, thank God, you know, that the earth is still rotating around the sun. And so it's going to have to get cold someday. <laughs> but uh, when does it? Greg probably knows better than I do. When does it go around the backside, you know, where it's cold? Okay. It's got to happen sometime. So, uh, anyway, we'll just give thanks to God for all that He does. And I want to just open up the Word this morning and look at some scriptures. Uh, I'm going to talk about the cross this morning. And uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot of messages on the cross or know about the cross, but maybe we can look into it just a little bit deeper. Um, I've entitled this The Cross, God's Secret Weapon. And uh, it's secret because it's not exactly clear what the cross means and what the cross can do. And uh, we're going to get into that. Um, How many of you like to have things your way? Wow. Struck a nerve. Okay. I do too. You know, we're, we're kind of programmed that way, that, that uh, we like things our way. And uh, that's McDonald's uh, theme song, right? Have it your way, okay. So uh, um, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to have things your way. And, uh, but, you know, when you have things your way, have you ever thought about how that affects somebody else? Does it make any difference? You know, sometimes it doesn't. Maybe, you know, you can go to McDonald's and you can get your hamburger your way, you know. And and that's cool and everybody's happy. But, you know, sometimes at home you like your things your way. And maybe your spouse likes them another way. So who wins? (laughs) The spouse. Oh, okay. Well, that's the end of the message. (laughs) But, uh. Somebody, somebody wins. And, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to give up your way and uh, let somebody else have their way. And uh, the message of the cross is pretty similar to that. You know, Jesus gave up things his way, and he did them God's way to benefit us. And uh, that carries over to us. But it's not really clear. And, uh, you know, it wasn't clear back in those days to uh, the leaders. It wasn't clear to the people that, that crucified Jesus what, what this was all about. It, maybe it wasn't even clear to the disciples. <clears throat> and in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He, in other words, he does things a little bit differently. Than we think he's going to. As heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we're realizing that there's um, maybe more to things than meets the eye. There's maybe more to the cross than meets the eye. Um, <clears throat> maybe there's more to uh, this thing about I want it my way than uh, what we think because. We think it's good to get things our way and to have them done our way. 
Usually because why? Because we think our way is the right way, right? And uh, of course, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> Need to do things the right way, my way. First um, <clears throat> Peter two nineteen and twenty one says, "For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious towards God." Think, oh my gosh, unjust suffering. You know that's unjust, isn't it? That's not that's not fair. And uh, when that happens, uh, maybe at work or at home or with your friends, unjust suffering, we kind of rise up against that, don't we? But uh, he says this is commendable before God if you bear up under unjust suffering. God's ways are not our ways. They're different than our ways. But how is it, if you, to your credit, if you receive a beating for doing wrong, and endure it. But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. Who will tell you that it's a good thing to suffer for doing good? Any of your friends? Do they tell you that on TV, in the newspaper, in the media? Does anybody tell you it's a good thing to suffer for doing good? Do you even think it's a good thing to suffer for doing good? Most of the time we rebel against that, don't we? We say, well, this is not right, you know, because uh, I did good and now I'm suffering for it. And so we start complaining about it. But yet Paul said that um, if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is commendable before God. But his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so... What we're talking about this morning is thinking about things just a little bit differently rather than our way. Let's think about them from God's way and see maybe if there's some benefit to looking at it his way. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. Here he comes. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Oh, is that for you? I thought that was for me. Now, okay. Now, you know how I like it. I like it nice and cold. And <laughs> I am really suffering this morning. Okay, I, should, I shouldn't have read that last scripture. Okay, we're all humiliated. So <clears throat> anyway, so how does this all how does this all make sense? Um, in Proverbs twenty six two, it says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, <clears throat> and uh, to search out a matter is the glory of kings. So this thing about uh, suffering for doing good is is a matter that's concealed because. Uh, we don't readily understand that. It doesn't make much sense. But he says it's to our glory to search it out and to try to understand it and understand what's going on. And that's kind of what we're doing this morning. <clears throat> um, I'd like you to think about this. The cross was God's most powerful show of his power and wisdom. Do you agree with that? The cross was his most powerful show of power and wisdom. In disguise. 
It didn't. Now we got some. There's my man. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I do like it my way. This message is for me, too, so praise God. But, um, um, you know, the cross was actually a moment of weakness, wasn't it? I mean, in fact, it was a moment of really tremendous weakness. In fact, it was the hour of darkness, really, where uh, the the devil had his way and, uh, and evil men got their way and... You would you'd say, well, what? This is God's most powerful show of wisdom and power. That doesn't make sense, does it? But He said, my ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. He even said that um, the uh, even the 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 weakness of God or the 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 weakest things of God are are more than the 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 uh, most brilliant things. That man can think of, even in his in any of God's weakness, he's way much stronger than we are. <clears throat> but um, I want to read a scripture, First Corinthians two six through ten. It says, "We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature. That's us, right? The ones that understand all the deep things of God, <clears throat> but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing." No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory since time began. So there's something good in this for us, uh, in this wisdom. None of the rulers of this age understood it. They didn't comprehend what was going on at the cross. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So this is really, truly hidden wisdom. They... uh, you know, the leaders of, of that age, the, the, oh, the priests and the uh, um, Pilate and those others that, that actually put Jesus to death, do you think that if they would have known that he was the Son of God, that they would have crucified him? Now, this is really a mind twister because if they would have known that he was son of, the Son of God and decided not to crucify him, then we couldn't have been saved, right? So... So, um, you know, God had his way in that, but it said, uh, you know, really even think about this. If the devil would have known the power of the cross, would he have crucified Jesus? If he would have known that that would have made a way for all of us to escape from his power forever, for eternity, would he, have, would he have opened that door? Because by crucifying Jesus, he opened that door and made a way. He didn't understand it. And uh, but my question to you is, do you understand the power of the cross and the power of not having things your way? Do you understand what that means? Because we can be just as guilty as uh, those others that didn't really understand what it meant. And didn't apply it to our lives. And therefore, we didn't receive the benefit from it. What does is, what is the cross mean? It means death to self. That kind of goes against most of the things that are, that are taught today. Um, 
The cross means living for others, living your life for other people. And the cross also means suffering for doing what's right. And that's not so easy, is it, to suffer what's doing for what's right. You know, if we suffer uh, for doing what's wrong, we understand that. But we think if I do what's right, I won't suffer. But he said this, this is the path that we have to follow, that we do what's right and we suffer for that. Because that's what our Lord and Savior did, is that he did what's right. And he suffered for doing what's right and where to follow in his steps. So, if we understand that, then we understand a little bit better how things work and what God's doing. Um, You know, the Bible says that, um, well, in one place, um, when Jesus was in the garden and they came to get him, He said, you know, I could call down uh, 12 legions from heaven. And uh, would you like to be able to do that? You know, when you're stuck in a bad situation. And uh, but you know what? Is that the best thing to do? You know, he rebuked his disciples, you know, that wanted to uh, they wanted to stay at this little Samaritan village one night and uh, they wouldn't accept them. And they said, well, should we call down fire from heaven on these guys? And he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. And uh, he rebuked them for that. And they went on and stayed at another village. Jesus said, you know, if I called down 12 legions from heaven, he said, then how would the scriptures be fulfilled? And in our lives, you know, we say, oh, I don't want this. This is not right. I'm going to call down 12 legions of angels from heaven to stop this injustice. I think, you know, sometimes we need to stop and think, um, hmm, is this part of God's plan that I'm messing up? (laughs) Uh, Does it have a purpose in it? I know CJ preached uh, a couple of weeks ago about uh, going through transition and difficult times and uh, saying that maybe this is what, you know, really God has appointed for us and that there's a benefit in it and that we grow from those periods. Um, Okay, I have another question for you. Where did Jesus die? It's a trick question. Where's that? I just said, where did he die? Well, that's a good answer. He was slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, but um, think about this. Jesus died on the cross, didn't he? I mean, physically, he died on the cross. But what happened in the garden? He died to who? To Yeah, he said, you know, did Jesus want to go to the cross? <laughs> yes and no. It's a definite maybe. <laughs> That's... It's, uh, you know, this is, this is the, the challenge that we all have is that, is that we're sort of two people in one. You know, when we're born again, you know, we have God's spirit in us, but we're dealing with this old man. In other words, the old ways that we were, and they don't just, they don't just go away. In Jesus' case, he didn't have that to deal with, but he still had his own personality and his own desires. And who would want to go to the cross? 
I mean, he said uh, earlier that um, I'm not going to call down legions of angels because I know that I've got to uh, fulfill the scriptures. But then when he got to the garden, it seemed like a different story. It's like, Lord, if there's any way that this can pass, we'll let this pass from me. But what did he say? He said, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. In other words, he said, that's my way, but I'm going to relinquish my way. And I'm going to say, let's, let's do it your way. And I really believe that that's the point where he, he died to himself, that he really made. That's why he was sweating great drops of blood, is that it was a very difficult. And when you die to yourself, it's really not easy. It's not easy to do. But Jesus made that simple decision that not my will, but your will be done. And that's what happened. I believe that um, when he died in the garden to himself, that actually empowered him to go on and go to the cross. Because why? Because he had taken that part of him that was his own desire and had put it aside and that thing was was put out of his life. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And so when he made that decision, he was able then to follow through with what God wanted for his life and to endure it. Because he wasn't battling. The battle, the battle was over. He had made that decision. And that's where he went. Now, it's not to say going to the cross was easy by any means. But he had already made up his mind. <clears throat> um, He was able to even forgive his enemies on the cross. How many of you can do that? I mean, that's sort of the ultimate. You know, when you are mistreated and you suffer for doing the right thing at the hand of people that you know, are you able to forgive them? And I believe that the way that God or Jesus was able to do that was because he had literally had had died to himself and he was able to forgive them on the cross. And, you know, they said, uh, if you're the son of God, come down from the cross. And I believe that really Jesus, Jesus proved without coming down from the cross, he proved that he was the son of God. How did he do that? Because he forgave his enemies right there. And the Bible says that if you forgive your enemies, you know, he said that you will be son. How do you know that you're sons of God? Because you can, you'll forgive your enemies. And that's what he did. And he had the ability to do that because he had relinquished his own rights and himself and was able to truly forgive his enemies. I think that would be really difficult to do if you're still dealing with yourself and your feelings, your, um, your anger towards, towards other people. The cross can also give you a vision, uh, give you vision. And, uh, you know, I've always wondered when it says uh, for the, the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross and despising the shame. And um, but yet the cross was a terrible experience. And how do you uh, gain that vision of what's to come? And I believe that his vision was pretty clouded in the garden because he was really, really ready to not not fulfill it. But once he made that decision, I believe that gave him the 
power to go to the cross and also the ability to have joy because he put himself aside and realized what he was doing, what the purpose of it was. And this is kind of what happens to us is that we, uh, you know, we get in an argument with somebody, we want our way, and, uh, you know, then we decide maybe later that we're going to let them have their way and we're going to relinquish our rights and because it really doesn't matter anyway. And God gives us a vision of what a great thing that is. We're free from that. You don't have to be bound to get everything that you want. And Jesus, I believe, was, was freed from that and was able to actually be in expectation of what was coming. And uh, so, really, God's, the cross is, is also God's secret weapon for our lives. And uh, what I'm talking about is kind of an inner battle that we have within ourselves. Um, I want to read Romans 7, 22. It says, For in my inner being I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. <clears throat> we, uh, we battle in our minds with our flesh or with our old man. And uh, so how do we win that battle? You know, do we just struggle forever and, and we don't get our way and, and we're upset and uh, we think we're a victim? You know, the, uh, there's a mentality that uh, you can take on is that you're a, you're a victim. And uh, I don't believe that's really a godly uh, idea that we're a victim. Uh, basically, it says God's not in control. Things have got out of control. And, and, uh, and woe is me. And uh, there's, there's no help for me. But uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, I die every day. And, you know, if you, if you die every day, that means that every day, at some point in time, you have to give up what you want, basically for what somebody else wants. And uh, it's not just a one-time thing. And we all, it also means that we can't go around saying, uh, I'm a victim of old so-and-so. Because if you die to yourself, you're not a victim. But as long as you cling to yourself and your rights then somebody can violate them and you become a victim. And so we, uh, we carry the victim mentality along with us. Um, the, uh, uh, the balance, I believe, is that if you truly die to yourself and take up your cross, is that you've got to trust in God that he's going to make everything right. Because without that, you're simply just giving up, you know, and we really can't go through life and just say, okay, I just give up. It's not a position of weakness that we always just give up, but it's like I don't demand that I have everything my way and I'm giving the uh, results to God and I'm putting my trust in God. And First uh, Peter 4.19 says, So those who suffer 
according to God's will, should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. The, uh, an, an example, I think, of someone really in the Bible that probably, uh, if anybody had a right to have the victim mentality and say, I am a victim, well, I think, of course, Jesus would have been the, the most, but uh, Joseph, I think, is an example that, uh, my goodness, you know, that guy, he could have developed an attitude. He could have developed the victim attitude that I'm a victim. Everybody has been against me my whole life. They've done this. They've done that. And, um, you know, woe is me. And if anybody didn't do that, it was Joseph. His brothers tried to kill him, basically. They threw him into a pit. And as you read the scriptures, you know, you don't see Joseph... uh, really complaining against his brothers, do you? You ever thought that strange? That he's not just railing against his brothers when all this is going on? It's, uh, I think he's, he's really, uh, in my mind, he's a, a kind of a picture of Christ in that he realizes uh, somehow what's going on. And uh, uh, then when he's sold into uh, Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife, uh, you know, tries to seduce him, and then, then he escapes and uh, flees from that. And then she lies about him, uh, and then he's thrown into jail. Would you be telling everybody in jail what a rotten deal you got? <laughs> you know, I mean, would you be the victim? I mean, he he was so set up, you know, to be to be a victim because of those things and take on that mentality. But it never says that he did that. He never did that. And what did he do in jail? The Bible appears that he did everything to make that a better place. Uh, He probably swept the floors. You know, he's one of those guys that just seemed to have a great attitude. And uh, uh, he was put in charge of everything in the jail. Same thing happened in Potiphar's house. He was put in charge of everything that... uh, was going on because he didn't he didn't have this victim mentality, but he had an overcoming mentality. He had a trust in God, and uh, <clears throat> um, what was the end result of, of Joseph? Because he suffered for doing the right thing, but he took it patiently. What was the end result? That he was exalted to the very highest place. And uh, in the in the whole country, and uh, I believe the message is for us is that when we give up what we want for someone else and for their good, it's not just a uh, thing that has no reward, but God actually then moves in our lives to exalt us to the highest place. Does it happen right then? Not necessarily. But it will happen. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about Paul just a little bit. He says, though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. You like making yourself a slave to everyone? <laughs> this is what Paul did. He, uh, 
He'd made himself a slave to everyone to win as many. To the Jews, I become like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I <clears throat> become like one under the law. Um, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. Though not having the law, I become like one. Uh, to those not having the law, I become like one not having the law. This is maybe a little bit confusing, but what he's saying is that I don't have to be my way all the time. Things don't have to be just the way I like them all the time. And I don't have to say, well, I don't do that. Um, I can't relate to you or you're wrong and things like that because his goal was to reach these people. And it, it you know, Paul was a uh, Hebrew of Hebrews. I think he, he, if anybody was a Jew, he was. But he said when he's around people that are not Jews, he said, I'm not a Jew. And uh, when I'm around people that are Jews, I am. Um, is that a little bit um, uh, hypocritical? I don't, I don't think it is the way he did it. Um, <clears throat> he says to the weak, I become weak to win the weak. And uh, in other words, he doesn't always say, um, oh, just, uh, you know, buck up, you know, have faith. Everything's going to be okay. What are you worried about? No, no. He said, to the weak, I become as weak. And, uh, you know, the Bible encourages us uh, to weep with those that weep and mourn with those that mourn, share their sorrows. But, you know, sometimes that's not so much fun to do. But Paul said, that's what I do. And uh, I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessings. I think Paul, um, obviously, he didn't have the victim mentality that, that woe is me and, and uh, I have to minister to all these people that I can't relate to. He related to almost everyone that he came across. Um, just a couple of scriptures. You know, there is, uh, I believe the cross can really give us vision and hope. And uh, uh, Romans 6, 5 says, if we've been united with him like this in his death, we shall certainly be united with him in his resurrection. He's saying that this is the way for, to be exalted. The cross is the way to exaltation. And the, the way that, that the rulers of this world and the wisdom of this world says that the way to exaltation <coughs> or to get what you want is to, is to use power and, and might and uh, intellect. And uh, he says that um, it doesn't really work that way. Romans eight seventeen. Now if we are children and heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So really, what he's saying is that the cross is the road to abundant life. And this is what is such a hard thing to swallow, I think, if we operate on the world's type of intellect, because it doesn't really make sense. But God says that um, it's our glory to search out a matter and to understand it, to understand what's going on um, 
when we go through trials and we go through difficulties and when people overrule us and, and want their way and uh, uh, we're unhappy about it. But there's a way that uh, is right with God. <clears throat> you know, it always amazed me when, when Jesus was taken before <coughs> Pilate and uh, in, uh, in the time of his uh, death and uh, crucifixion that he didn't really uh, fight back. Anybody knows that? He didn't physically fight back. When the soldiers came to get him, but he also didn't verbally fight back, did he? Because I believe that he he had crucified himself and he understood that what he was doing was fulfilling God's purpose for his life. And uh, I guess if he would have fought back, you know, and they would have believed him, well, maybe they would have let him go. And he would, wouldn't have saved us. So it's uh, it's kind of a crazy thing. It's kind of complicated to understand, but God's ways are different from our ways. Um, last scriptures, uh, Philippians 2, 3 through 11, and uh, I think this pretty well really sums up my message. It says, uh, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. That always gets me because I don't always do that. You know, I, I, uh, it's, we don't just go around thinking everybody's better than us. You know, if you do, you, you think, well, you're kind, of, you're kind of weird or you're just showing false humility or something like that. I, but I think this is a sincere, uh, sincere uh, attitude is that, uh, in other words, we consider other people's needs really more important than our needs. Does that sound like off the wall? I mean, that's totally what Jesus did, is that he considered our needs more important than his needs. And that's basically how we were saved. But when it comes right down to us doing that, it's uh, it's difficult to understand. Uh, <clears throat> your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And he found, <clears throat> and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on a cross. And he didn't become a victim. He didn't say, woe is me. Look what they've done to me. This is not fair. This is not right. But he would have been correct in saying that, right? Because what they did to him was not fair or was not right. But he didn't take on that. It said he humbled himself. That's an attitude that he portrayed. <clears throat> Became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, what happened? God exalted him to the highest place. So, is this all worthwhile? I mean, is it worthwhile to, uh, um, to die to yourself and to... To live for God and, and uh, uh, live for others, is it worthwhile? Yes, it is, because that's the road to be exalted to the highest place. That's the path that you have to follow, you know. Jesus told some of his disciples, said, are you able to, to drink the cup that I drink from? And he, they said, yes, we are. And he said, well, you will. 
that uh, it's not mine to say who's going to actually be on my right hand or left hand, but he was saying, yes, this is the road to exaltation and to, and to God's glory is, is the way of the cross. And it's the way for Jesus, and it's also the way for us. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So is that, is that kind of a difficult message? You know, for me it's both. It's like it's, it's hard, but when you say, okay, God, I'm going to go with your way. I'm going to do it your way. Then he gives us a vision that there's a future in this. This is my plan, and things are going to be okay. And God helps us through it, and we have a joy that's set before us that as we follow the way of the cross in our lives, in our everyday lives, that we will be exalted and that we will be lifted up and that we're going to be co-heirs with Jesus forever and ever. But this is the path that we, that we have to walk. And, uh, and it's a secret, uh, kind of a hidden truth that really not a lot of people understand. And uh, certainly the people that crucified Jesus didn't even have a clue what was going on. And most of his disciples didn't either at that time. But we can, right? We can, we can understand these things and, and see what God's done. So let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you that, that your word reveals all truth to us, Lord, and that your word is a light for our, for our path, Lord, and that, uh, that you light our way by your word. God, help us to uh, not be people that, that uh, take on the victim mentality, God, that Everyone is against us and that, uh, that we're suffering for doing right and we complain about it. Lord, but God, help us to be those people that when we suffer for doing what's right, that we take it patiently and that we don't grumble and complain, God, because we know that you said this is thankworthy with you if we'll do this, Lord, because Jesus did the same thing. God, help us to follow in his footsteps and we know that your plans for us, God, are for good and not for evil, Lord, and that your thoughts towards us, God, cannot even be numbered in the things that you have for us. You're going to be showing to us forever and ever. So, God, just lead us in your ways. and Let us be more conformed, God, into your Son, Jesus, that we might, that we might rule and reign with him, Lord, throughout eternity. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.